Hi, it's your old pal, Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers just like you. Every Monday, I chat about recently watched movies with my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. I don't know. What if George continued just to kind of creating these sci-fi movies? Uh, Where would he be now? Would he have only directed like a handful of movies? Or would he be in the same boat that Spielberg is with... 40 movies under his belt or something like that. And our spiritual advisor and movie insider, Protolexis. I I feel like I'm missing something. Either I'm missing something or everyone else is suffering from international mind control. And it might be that because I just don't get Kyle. I wish I did. I just don't get him. Our featured discussion later in this episode is Danny's pick for Lo-Fi Sci-Fi Month George Lucas's first film, THX 1138. If you've been enjoying 70MM, consider rating us on Spotify or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps new friends discover the show. Is THX 1138 Lucas's Blade Runner before Blade Runner? Or should it have stayed a short film? Let's find out together. Let's get into it. Slim, you decided this week that you are dropping uh, star ratings completely from from now into the foreseeable future. You committed. uh, How's that feel? First of all, that's not true. Talk to us. You're paraphrasing on a review that I left. What was that movie for? I don't even remember. Uh, Was it Vampires? Trash movie. Oh, gosh. Uh... John Carpenter, maybe his worst film. I don't know. I we did a interview uh, with uh, Chaos and Collins, a movie critic, and this was mm-hmm. like his number one in his four faves. So I had like a crisis. Number of, one. Crisis. <laughs> <yes. laughs> it was a great interview because he has like this list that he made of formative movies from his childhood. So we had like a really cool conversation about what makes movies that we see when we're kids better or like why do we hold them up to a higher standard than if you saw them as like adults like they become formative movies and he was talking about how he doesn't leave ratings because he it's like when someone asks him what his favorite movie is he just has so many he like doesn't want to kind of like put things into boxes and then i was like man do i need to no slim do i need to retire from star ratings like he was selling me on the idea in this conversation. I feel like Proto has talked about this in the past too. He's a snake oil salesman. <laughs> <laughs> He's kidding you. It's Oxygen a containment scheme. unit, but letterbox rating. It's, it's a fun a idea. Scheme. But you are it, legally required to give ratings on the show. That's right. true. I wouldn't stop doing it on the show. I will take you to court. Paul says what's happening is LB crumbling. That's the beautiful thing. You don't have to give ratings. You can leave that like. You know, you can leave a yeah. review. This is the, he found a loophole. He'll Cowards. still give ratings for this show, but all other movies. <laughs> what if I only give five star ratings? You know, and the rest is is up to you to figure out based on my review where going. I talk about how many boner jokes I heard in, in the movie. Sounds like fear of conflict to me. 
You living in fear of conflict with your Don't fellow? Don't throw this therapy <laughs> mumbo jumbo at me. Let's get into fear it. Fear of conflict. <laughs> I'm not buying it. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll, I'm just in the exploratory phase. I'm doing research. Speaking of of exploratory phase, we're going on a vacation. Excuse me. The end of this week when this episode drops. Ah, uh, vacation. Exploring. 99% of the people at our vacation are also podcasters now in the last <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> Podcaster meetup. The percentage has continued to go up every vacation that we have. trips off. <laughs> you know what? That's true. I think it is actually. Mm-hmm. Mental note for our accountant later. Thank you. Um, so we're going on a break. We're not recording... When this episode posts, we're not recording this week, but we will have an episode out the next week. So we're not skipping a beat, okay? Mm. We're not skipping a beat. No. And we'll be announcing that episode later tonight. It sets the stage for two separate months, October and December, Proto. How are you feeling about those months right now? Uh, I feel great. You know, uh, when we came up with these ideas, they, they, they feel like they're fitting like a glove. If I can say, if I I can be honest, goodness, I'm looking forward to what we have planned. (sighs) Big. I'm rattling off emails to Apple about December. I'm Mm -hmm. rattling off emails. Rattle them. Get in on the ground floor. It's my subject line. (laughs) Snake oil. (laughs) Do you want in on this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. We're going to have such a great vacation. Mm -hmm. If, If people could see the DMs. No. That are fine. No. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> Someone get uh, leave, legal on the horn. Leave it up to the imagination. Danny's been working hard for Halloween. You've been oh doing gosh. work this week. A little bit. Okay. So the pumpkin spice latte is back at Starbucks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I haven't, I had to get them. And I've had like 10 this week. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's like 80 bucks. I know. This is, it's a write-off for me. (laughs) Um, Diabetes write-off. So I'm getting into the fall mood and I'm ready for it to be Halloween time. Mm. Uh, I just, I just, I just needed to get into the vibe of it. And so I've just enjoyed starting off my spooky season with Disney's old cartoons, the skeleton dance from 1929, uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad from 49, the lonesome ghost from 1937 and trick or treats from 1952. I just, these movies really get me into like the fall Halloween vibes. And I just, I had to watch them this week. So I threw them on and, uh, enjoyed myself. Had some good Halloween Disney fun. Kurtz <laughs> <laughs> has been MIA for several weeks. He's he doesn't miss a live He's a back. live recording. Any chance to drop Somehow a Wilford Brimley picture? Somehow Kurtz has returned. <laughs> Kurtz will be at our trip. I think Kurtz is green for that trip. Who can say? Who knows? He's been very vague about his availability. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Halloween. Best season? Yeah. 
Confirmed. It's I close. Feel like. Bart, are you ready to take the kids out at noon? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Longest Stop. running joke in show history. Probably taking those kids out for trick-or-treating uh, uh, noon, 2 p.m. New Jersey just hits different, I guess. It hits different. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you how it goes. You don't want to return, run into that Jersey devil out there. Oh, the sun goes God. down. Yeah. I, should, I believe. So are your kids all dressing up, Danny? What are the girls doing? Oh, I have no idea. They haven't even talked about it, what they're going to mm. dress up as. That's a problem for me. Uh, so I don't know. It's always last minute and it costs us $1,000 because it's last minute <laughs> costume mm-hmm. shopping. Uh, so I don't know. Who the uh, Spirit Adventure has been amping up their licensed products the, the last few years. Isn't that what the local Halloween adventure is called? Spirit Halloween? Do you, you have Spirit Halloween? Huh? They should have Spirit Adventures. Spirit Halloween. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's one of those combinations of words. Just, it's like three different words. Yeah. All Halloween in, adventure, spirit Halloween, <laughs> spirit adventure. They, they all exist. But anyway, uh, last year they had a ton of Stranger Things merch, but they also had, I guess they got the Beetlejuice license and Ghostbusters. Yeah. So they had some pretty cool looking stuff. I think this year they got a lot of the Disney's Haunted Mansion stuff in there. Oh, they have the Haunted Mansion tabletop bust. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I need to, I need to alert Manda to this ASAP. Look at that Michael Myers statue. Is that what's that company that makes those like stand-up dolls with the big heads? Pop Funko Pop? Pops. Is that a Funko Pop? No, I don't think so. They're big right now. Yeah, they're they're just starting to get big. Anyway, I'm very excited for Halloween. Very excited yeah, to fire up the 4K Beetlejuice. This year. Are you a Beetlejuice fan? Oh, yeah. That's a five banger. Oh. Instant five. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Interesting. I don't have a love for it, but I don't hate it. I just haven't seen it in years. Really? It's one of Amanda's favorite movies. Is it? Yeah. Maybe we can get her on the show. (laughs) Can someone post the pig flying photo in chat real quick? Uh, boy, oh boy. Yeah, no, I don't know. I feel like Beetlejuice has hit like a certain level of love that no one talks about if it's a good movie or not. It's just like exists. It's a thing. Yeah. It's like Beetlejuice. Yeah. But I, I think it's great. Interesting. Proto, did you watch anything this week? I did. I got to a few movies. The one I'd want to talk about is, um, I saw that a movie that's been on my watch list for a long time. Uh, popped up on streaming. That would be Blue Velvet <gasps> from um, uh, filmmaker darling yeah. David Lynch. Can do no everyone. Wrong. Everyone loves David Lynch. I think. I think. I think. At this point in my movie watching uh, career, I have a relationship with uh, David Lynch in the way that I do with um, Warner Herzog, where mm-hmm. I love. I some of the things they do in their movies and I want to love them more, but they just don't get me there. Mm. Um, but to be fair, I, I haven't seen, uh, I wouldn't say I've seen in probably enough of David Lynch to have formed an opinion, but there's so, so many of his movies that aren't streaming. Like I would love to watch lost highway um, or some of those other ones, but they they just never seem to be available. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I watched blue velvet cause that was available. I gave it three stars. I did enjoy the movie. Uh, I thought it was a good time. It's very strange. 
Uh, when you read when you read the summary on Letterboxd, um, it's I mean it's it sounds pretty bizarre. It, it starts with the discovery of a severed human ear uh, in a field, and then it leads this this guy played by Kyle MacLachlan on this uh, investigation, <laughs> this vigilante quest um, with uh, a, a, in encountering a psychopath played by Dennis Hopper. Uh, terrifying performance, yeah. but really interesting movie. Um, yeah, there's parts of it that I love that David Lynch does, but then some of it just like leaves leaves me shaking my head. Tell us about Kyle. Your thoughts on another darling, Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin. Keanu yeah, Reeves from Another Mother. I, I feel like I'm missing something. Either I'm missing something or everyone else <laughs> is suffering from international mind control. Um, and it might be that because I just don't get Kyle. I wish I did. Mm. I just don't get him. And I don't know if I started at the wrong place. You know, I'm starting in fourth gear where I need to, you know, Bring watch something. Yeah, I need to, I maybe need to recalibrate First on gear. my experience with uh, Kyle. But um, yeah, he didn't really do it for me in this movie. Have you ever seen a Kyle that's not in a Lynch film? Does he do anything else? I don't I mean, know. I was no. just asking. That's like, um, maybe I'd have to look. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't seen a ton of his work. What'd you think of his little chicken walk? <laughs> the chicken walk threw me off. Um, yeah, I was surprised to see that. It was a very strange moment in this movie. People are raving about it. People, yeah. you know, they can't, you know, blue velvet. Say, oh, the chicken walk. Oh, yeah, chicken walk. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that did happen. The McLaughlin truthers are in chat. They're not too happy with Proto's comments, but they would. They are pointing out that he's in Showgirls. Paul Verhoeven. Okay. Oh, Okay. And that was the start of the man-ass list that I made because his stunt double bore all and it he had one of the best asses I've ever seen. Oh man, that's a that's an all-time review from you. It was a stunt double ass? There's no way that was Common Glockland's ass in that movie. I don't know. No way. Slim's sure? Showgirls review, two and a half stars. Kyle McLaughlin's stunt double has an ass that won't quit. <laughs> it's an all-time opener. <laughs> <laughs> trash movie but a plus a <laughs> in my opinion anything else that you want to spotlight um you know i also watched a movie that popped up on on shutter this was i don't know how to pronounce this movie the solemn is that it i think it's saloon saloon uh slalom slalom enough this was a movie that i know Slum, i think you watched it last year this was like a little indie movie that was made um by Jean-Luc Herbelot, possibly. Um, the story, it says, three mercenaries extracting a drug lord out of uh, Guinea-Bissau are forced to hide in the mystical region of Saloum in Senegal. Uh, really cool movie. Yeah. Uh, the, super stylish. Uh, the, the, it, it was beautiful, the locations where it was shot. Um, I, I had a great time watching this. I gave it three stars. Little, you can watch it on Shutter. Actually, it wasn't last year. It might have been two weeks ago <gasps> when I watched that movie. What? <laughs> it just feels like a year God. ago. Yeah, I love that this hit Shutter. It hit like limited. I think it was like New York City, LA theaters, and then in the next week it hit Shutter. These are the kind of movies I want more of on Shutter. Is it horror? It's like loosely. It's just got some kind of like supernatural aspects to it. So oh. this is like. I want Shudder to like experiment more with these kind of movies. Highbrow like, Shudder. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh you cannot, I'll say this to everybody. You can't trust Shudder's rating system. No. 
you got these shutter hardcore fans rating some Argento POS five skulls <laughs> and I get roped into it and it's just awful. You can't trust the skull rating system. It's a joke. I don't trust skulls. There's no way. <laughs> but yeah, I love I love that movie. You did watch this August 29th. How did I think this was a year ago? <laughs> that is so weird. We should say hello to some new patrons that joined at 70mmpod.com or patreon.com slash 70mm. Enrico, Dara, Crystal, Trish, Eve, and Grant. What Another the? Grant all joined this week. Got access to the VHS Village Discord, discounts on Danny's Prince, and access to the VHS Village 70mm Vault. Exclusive episodes just for supporters. Um, we just started up the pilot season. Did an episode on X-Files, Lost, maybe some more. Coming soon. We've only done two? Yeah. Oh. We're due for another one. It's due. Um, is there anything I want to talk about? Let me look at my list here. Please. Let me just take a let me take a peeky poo. The custom poster feature finally launched on Letterboxd oh, for patrons. Oh my gosh. Choose your own posters for your movies that you see on Letterboxd for patrons only. I saw Danny updating your four faves over there. Oh my gosh. I had to. Put yeah. up a new Raiders. I put up a new Psycho poster. A new Maverick poster. Oh my it's a fun God. feature. My God. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I have the energy to go in and just like update movies. Yeah, no. I don't. But it is really fun to review a movie and then be able just to even look at all the posters mm-hmm. right there oh. in the app. That's what I'm, which, what I love. That's like the new, I feel like the new tradition. You review the movie. You check out the posters. You maybe update it. Feels great. It feels great. I changed the THX one. I think the current one is not exciting. I don't know if that was like the special edition poster, which is the ear tag. We'll get into it. Oh, gosh. I'm I'm seeing this one you picked. I like this. Oh, for me? Yeah. Am I taking this? What'd you pick? I picked the one where they're embracing under the cop. He's got the uh, the Android Pig. cop. Oh, of course you did. Black black and white. He's got the- All the... robot cops are bastards. <laughs> a RCAP. <laughs> RCAP 1138. Here comes another one star. Woke, woke <laughs> twat woke slim <laughs> at it again. T dot W dot A dot T. We should uh, give out a free year of Letterbox Pro, though. We do that for folks that share the show on social media. It gets rid of ads. No access to custom posters, but you do get access to stats and see where movies are streaming. Disclaimer, I work for Letterbox. Uh, I want to call out, I think they're in chat, LP underscore focus for that call iTunes out. review. They left. I'll just read a brief piece. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, let me see. In, in giving us a five-star rating... Um, the podcast is a majestic, radiant lighthouse in a sea of boring, ad-filled, soulless podcasts. The hosts, Slim, Daniel Hahn, and Protozoa, bear their souls each week by deeply engaging with the selected movie's spirit and heart. Do they analyze each frame and dissect every line of dialogue? No. Do they remember Steve Buscemi's name when they are trying to remember that, quote, one actor in all those Adam Sandler movies? No. But do they make you laugh and bring a smile to your face? Yes. Mm. And that's what makes us human and not robots. So <laughs> free your letterbox pro for you, my friend. Gosh. All right. Should we get into our featured Prezo for closing out lo-fi sci-fi month? 
We're still waiting on that shirt before I the end of this today month. Too. We're, you're busy. You're very busy this, this month. THX one one three eight. The first time we even said the movie title for this episode. Twenty minutes in. That's our feature press. It's okay. They've checked out. <laughs> Everyone is asleep. Uh, this was Danny's pick for lo-fi sci-fi month. Closing things out, Proto. What's this movie about? In the future, humanity is controlled entirely by the state. Emotions, relationships, sex, and autonomy are prohibited. The population is controlled partly by a robotic police force and primarily by prescribed drugs that make for compliance among the masses. THX1138 is a factory worker who begins feeling the forbidden when his roommate secretly swaps out his medication with her own. His reality unravels as his humanity is no longer suppressed and begins a journey away from his confinement to what lies beyond. THX1138. those opening credits gorgeous started it all you know a little uh buck rogers clip there too at the beginning buck rogers Mm. trailer yeah Mm -hmm. that was a uh 2004 edition to the movie oh really yeah that was a that was a special edition edition interesting Mm. we'll get into that very shortly Mm. just right around the corner we'll get into that Pardo, what's your backstory with THX1138? Is there any for you and Lucas? This is just another one of those blockbuster covers that fascinated mm. me. I'd see it every time I go in there and be like, what is this movie? Because uh, it was in there. I, you know, I remember seeing this movie all the way back then. It was like always in the blockbuster whenever I would go in. Um, so always curious of it. And I honestly, I have no idea why I never watched it. You know, George Lucas, Star Wars, his, you know, early movie. It's it seems up my alley, you know, sci-fi, the the elements in it. But I think I might have like shied away because of just the story seemed um I don't know, maybe not as interesting or something I heard before. Um so I just never really checked it out until now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was the same for me. I always knew about it and how Lucas did some kind of weird low budget science fiction-ish movie before Star Wars, but for whatever reason I never watched it. Never thought to seek it out. It, and to see, I wonder why this isn't on Disney Plus. I guess they didn't buy they didn't buy this. I mean, it is Lucasfilm, right? I mean, is it? Yeah, it's gotta be Lucasfilm. I don't know. Like Scott says WB in chat. Oh, it's yeah, the Warner Brothers. Interesting. Well, what about you, Danny? What's what's the what's the connection? I well, Star Wars would be the connection. I sought this film out. A while ago, um, and I don't remember when, but it's been years since I've seen it. But I mean, it's THX is deeply ingrained in Star Wars still. I mean, it's still Easter eggs throughout all the movies, and even into Indiana Jones movies. There's THX references, and um, it's kind of hard to miss. So uh, I've just kind of I, I remember liking it the first time I watched it. A little bit bored at the time. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was George's first movie. So 
uh, you had to see where he started. Mm-hmm. We should call out that there's multiple versions of this movie. We'll get it. We'll get into that. We'll get into that real quick. Um, there's a special edition, which I think is the director's cut, the mm-hmm. 2004 version that you mentioned. And there's an or quote original version available on archive.org. So if anyone is fluent in archive.org, you can watch, you know, like a VHS edition widescreen, believe it or not, of the original version of the film, the theatrical, I would presume. Who knows? Um, so in this segment, we'll go around the room. We have some notes that we take that we want to mention during our discussion. Then we'll give our letterbox rating. I'm legally obligated no matter what happens. Mm-hmm with how I use my own letterbox to give a rating. You know, just covering my bases here. So this is Danny's pick. Let's start with Danny. What's your what's your first note? My first note is to talk about George and his direction and where he started with this film. <clears throat> I think it's a pretty um I think it's a pretty cool thing that his his college final project, which won him the award that year, whatever you want to call it at USC um, was given. I mean, the award was given to him by Irvin Kirshner, which is pretty cool. What? Uh, at USC. And then um, <clears throat> it also, I think it, if I remember correctly, it gave him like a, a free kind of ride to Warner brothers to make a feature film. And so he, when he wanted to do this, uh, it was either Francis or someone else told him he should he should flesh this his college movie out a little bit more and make it his first feature. Um, and so uh, there's the college version, which I don't think that's even remotely possible to watch. And then you have this his current one. Um, and I just I, I'm when I watched it this time from uh, I guess the perspective of you know someone reviewing movies now. I really was kind of shocked on how much I felt like uh, it kind of not only shaped how he made Star Wars, but even how it affected other movies. Cause I felt like so much of this reminded me of Blade Runner um, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And um, I, I think in Proto's review, your, your quick one shot, you talked about George uh, if he could have like made other stuff or like continued with making not Star Wars movies or something yeah. along those lines. And I really felt that watching this because while it had like that, the, a lot of reference, like it felt like a Star Wars, like prequel, like leading up to it, there was so much George was doing that he didn't do in Star Wars. A lot of it felt very artistic and I don't yeah. feel like Star Wars is very artistic when it's shot. Some of the shots of it just feels very, you know, generic when it comes to it. But this did nothing about this really felt generic. I felt like it was someone really trying to make a statement. Um, and I and I really felt that watching this. I'm like, what if George was given, I don't know, what if George continued just to kind of creating these sci-fi movies uh, where would he be now would he have only directed like a handful of movies or would he be in the same boat that spielberg is with 40 movies under his belt or something like that mm-hmm. so it's just i wonder if the if the the blockbuster that was star wars was almost like a hindrance to his directorial career yeah yeah watching this i i was struck too by how you know seeing this and then just knowing what he created with Star Wars, how it felt like he really is a 
a visionary Mm -hmm. in terms of creating a world within a movie. Like he's very good at that. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, he's such a good storyteller through the images. Maybe not like, I don't think his, his strength is maybe like, you know, exposition or, or characters or dialogue, but the way that he creates a world, especially most of the stuff in this movie, you can, you know, you can rec- you can just tell, well, of course it's like, you know, it's a, it's a student movie. The budget's really low, but these are just like actual locations, but he was able to take all these places and put them together to create this other world. Like it, it just seems like the, you know, I read a few things because like, there's an amazing scene with like this giant computer room with like these, I don't know what they even are. Like they look like mm-hmm. giant transistors maybe. And then the scene where he, these um, THX is controlling uh, the, the um, he has like the control apparatus. That's like an actual thing. Crazy. that exists like that's not a mm-hmm. set that's an actual location so the way that he was able to bring all these things together and just make this compelling world i was really blown away by and that's why i wrote my review i was just thinking wow like imagine if george didn't have star wars consume his career mm-hmm. and right. he just just made good you know just great movies and was able to like continue on with that get like funding just to create these original stories that he could come up with because anything that george created i mean he came up with Indiana Jones too, right? right? Like these ideas that he had are brilliant and they're blockbusters and they're classics now. Yeah. I, the visual nature of the movie, I don't know how much it goes to the cinematographers. I think there were two, but it definitely is probably the best looking George Lucas movie I've ever seen. Like probably by a lot, <laughs> <laughs> maybe just because of the way characters are shot and the set pieces, the jail, the prison, like the white. I guess you could say a lot of that could have been budget constrained, forced ideas, mm-hmm. but it looked great. Yeah. You know, like even the so the cops, the robot cops on the motorcycles in that tunnel, mm-hmm. and that's that freaking stunt, that one stunt where the yeah. dude flew off the bike. A lot of that stuff looked great. That maybe this will lead into my first point. I think the special edition of this movie should be in jail. I like. <laughs> I've been giving him more leeway as we've watched Light and Magic. You know, hearing his description about how he was so upset with the original Star Wars trilogy, and I kind of felt for him a little bit. But the additions in this one really took me out of the entire viewing. Like mm. you're watching a movie from 1971. It's really. It feels low budget. Even like the HD version or whatever that we watched, and you feel like the you f- you almost feel a lack of money, and it's like endearing to it, right? But then you get this 2004 era CGI added in, and I'm like, what is going on here? It, it took me out of the whole movie, like the when he's doing they're like they're building the cops, and he has that like radioactive that plutonium or whatever, mm-hmm. right? I ended up finding some of the clips on YouTube to like have it. So I like, I replayed the movie and had the YouTube version while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Like that mind, what do they call that? When they like played that mind noise? lock, mind lock. So I had both of them up at the same time. And I don't think the original version looks bad of like right. the computer circuits in the cop's face. It, it looks like it's from 1971 with a constrained budget. <laughs> like, I don't mind that. It, it feels like it is right. And that's the way it should be. 
And then there was like the scene with the chimps. Um, oh, there's God. the scene of the city skyline. The chimp scene looked like a PS1 cutscene. Yeah. Like it, it needs to be deleted from the internet immediately. <laughs> I was really fine with, I think, most of it. Um, it definitely, you know, it, it takes you out of it for sure. I, I liked some of it though, cause I watched both versions this week. Um, I think the stuff at the beginning, as, as the movie goes on, I liked it less. And that scene at the end with, with, with the monkey. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. What's in the original version? Is that scene even in it? It's I little didn't... people in costumes. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know that either ending is actually <laughs> <laughs> right, right, because they get that one inmate in the cell, and I just felt like entirely uncomfortable even in that uh-huh. scene. Uh, uh-huh. That was kind of rough. Yeah, but I liked like I thought like the hologram stuff. I actually thought it kind of fit and looked. I don't well, know. Hologram kind of stuff like is in the original. Not all of it though. Like right. yeah, like the dancer is, but then the other scenes, uh, some of that was added in. It was oh, it was okay. just like extended. I tried to find a YouTube of like compare the new scenes of THX and I actually couldn't. I, there wasn't like an easy video that someone had done or maybe you're taking Google this on enough. <laughs> or are you oh. taking on this project? <laughs> Slim. Thank you. <laughs> I still have to finish my uh, last action hero video where I delete the kid <laughs> from the movie for Proto. It's taken me three years almost to finish oh that project. Um, Danny, what'd you think about the, the CGI and the special dish? I mean, for one, I'm an apologist when it comes to uh, his special edition work for Star Wars. I don't mind. I mean, it's what I it's what I learned Star Wars on, so it doesn't bother me. And this, it's it's jarring. It really is jarring. It's like you said, it's a 1971 film. I didn't expect to see so much CG in this, um, and, and it's really it's it's fine. It's not mm. great. I would rather it be taken out and giving us like a 4K release of just the theatrical release of this movie. And yeah. I know once again, it's like George is butting heads with the studios. Him and Francis fought to keep the original cut. Warner Brothers cut like five minutes of it. And then when Star Wars happened again, George re-released THX into the theaters with the added five minutes back to be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. To Warner Brothers, and then in 2004 is when he did. He brought ILM in to do the CGI stuff. Mm. Is mm. there another director that is this obsessed with like returning to earlier no. work and no. doing this? Not at all. Uh, like I'm not H familiar. with Dune Pod episodes. Because <laughs> 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 re-releases those episodes. <laughs> uh, but he's such yeah. a producer. Like George is such a producer. Like that's really what his his you know crown should be it's not really in directing and we or at least screenplay writing we mm-hmm. we know uh how that kind of pans out but he really is the ideas guy and i can mm. understand from creating art and finishing a project and then looking back at it and being like i should have done this or now i have the knowledge of being able to do this and wanting to revisit art and fix it. And I, I understand that draw. Like I get why he could do that. And when you're someone like George who can do it, I'm not surprised that he does do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would do it. I remember reading if it was like a wizard magazine or a toy fair magazine before the prequels had come out where there was, you know, they were talking about potential titles and they were talking about how it seemed maybe for a brief time that it sounded like he wasn't even going to direct them. He was going to have other people come in to direct him. 
that would have been pretty insane looking back. Uh, Proto, what's your number one? My number one is the amount of, yeah, Star Wars that's in this. Uh, mm. A lot of the effects that exist in here, um, mostly the audio stuff I found so cool. Uh, hearing like Red Leader over the comms, <laughs> uh, you know, so cool. I feel like I heard C-3PO's voice at one point. Um, and just seeing, yeah, like all those little things that remind you of Star Wars, of just seeing the... Yeah, like the the buds of ideas that started in this movie that he eventually fleshed out in Star Wars is is really, really cool. As someone, you know, we've all seen Star Wars countless times, so familiar with that. So anything in this that that you would see, it just kind of it just like stood out like a, a sore thumb. And and it was just so much fun to see all those. I loved how I think for me the most the closest direct reference is the cops comparing them to the stormtroopers. I feel like that is like such a direct pull Hmm. from this movie, especially when there's like, they're either being stupid or they're being outmaneuvered by some small detail or when he's like walking into the wall. I mean, it's just these like little comedic beats that these guys have that uh, I think definitely transferred over to um, stormtroopers. Danny, what's your number two for THX? Number two, this viewing, I was really surprised on how much I loved Robert Duvall's performance in this movie. And when we've seen, we just did the Godfathers and I feel like my knowledge of Robert Duvall is small. So I don't know if there's a lot that I've missed of him um, performance wise, but this felt really good. Like I was really loving him in this film. Uh, And he, he, he's just, He's great. He really reminded me of De Niro in this a lot with the shaved head. Uh, but mm. there's something about his performance um, that's it's just really good. It's really special. I love Duvall. Love him. Right? I wonder, yeah, I wonder what this movie would be viewed like without Duvall. Do we know if there were any other actors in consideration? Because it's pretty bonkers to look back. Like, we know George Lucas is now, but like his debut feature has... Duval Pleasance in this thing. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. there really wasn't any more. I I think um George was George was initially going to be a documentary filmmaker. And mm-hmm. so, well that's what his, I mean a lot of his plans were. So he was shooting a documentary on a movie being made The Rain Something, which had Robert Duval in it. And so he became friends with Duval on the set of that. And so when he was developing 1138, he wanted Robert to be the lead. And I think, I think at the time Robert had not been a lead in any movie. And so I think him and Francis kind of drew him over right away. He did uh, the Godfather the next year after THX. Wow. When did, when was Apocalypse Now? Uh, I think that was years later. Let's see. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. was um, 79. Mm. Big decade for him. 70s were big for Duvall. Godfather 2, The Outfit, The Conversation, Network, The Eagle Has Landed, Invasion of the Body Snatchers he was in? I don't remember that. God, remember we did that episode? What an episode. Feels like a decade ago. It's a fun movie. It was a decade ago. It was our 70s. My number two... The masturbation machine. 
in the special edition, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. There, mm-hmm. so he's he's back after a hard day's work mm-hmm. with his roommate, Luh, and he's just relaxing, and he's watching a hologram of a nude woman dancing. The music strangely reminds me of Star Wars. This is like this weird mental yeah. roadblock that I was getting. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting back, his head's pop back, and then he's got this like robotic machine going up and down over his groin area off screen. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. 1971, George. Um, and it's, I don't know. It just really just took me out of it. But in the original version, that machine is not there. It's the same scene. He's watching the hologram, but that up and down thing is not yeah. there. Part of your thoughts on the masturbation machine? Um, I mean, we've seen this before. What's uh, what's that movie? That Robert Pattinson movie, Space High <laughs> Space Life. Mo- High Life. <laughs> um, was that an homage to THX? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's an element of this movie that you know kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of scenes in like this, like these little one-off scenes and like the the humor that it has as well in certain points. Mm-hmm. It it George has like this way of like keeping this tone within this movie that I, I really enjoy. That yeah, that scene is kind of bonkers. Uh the way it goes along with this hologram of this this nude woman dancing, I was like, wow, George. Okay. George was pretty I mean, he wasn't PG back in the day. No, you know, he was he was going for. It. He had a story and a message that he wanted to wanted to tell, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just so curious of what where else George could have gone. I don't think the um, the masturbation machine was in the original cut, though. I think he had the he had ILM make that up in 2004. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see, I, I, you, you need. You ever seen a flashlight? Uh, just put that on the ceiling. George asks his questions and answers his own questions. That's what I love about him. Yeah, uh, Phil Tippett, George. Uh, I don't think we can do that. Think about it. Tippett making a stop motion <laughs> masturbation machine. Uh, Casey in chat. Let me see if I can find that comment. Did George Lucas invent sex toys? I mean, the real proof is in the question. pudding, so to speak. Have you Pro- seen R2-D2? <laughs> Proto, what's your number two? Uh, number two, uh, a scene that I love. You mentioned it earlier, the the mind lock scene. Oh, yeah. So THX, um, he's, 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 got, he's a factory worker. Um, he is dropping what looks, I don't know, like, plutonium nuclear uh, mm-hmm. energy something rods into these androids into their skulls they need this and he's got he's got these dinky little um, you know claw machine controllers to uh, drop this thing into it and so he's sweating he's having a tough day at work and he uh, he drops it and then at the same time he has a violation come up or he's not on his drugs so they have this way where they can uh, take a worker and um, mind lock them, basically like turn off their brain. So they do this while he's working and they cause an accident. Uh, just the visuals in that, just the way it would flash to like the command center and to Robert Duvall, his eyes rolling in the back of his head. 
I I actually did like all the special effects that George added to the scene. I thought they were cool. Mm. I mean, they do they they are very noticeable. There's almost it almost looked like motion smoothing in some of that, yeah, like where the thing yeah, like burns through it. Yeah. Um, but I I was I I love that. I, I was just so, I found it so compelling and interesting and all these things, these different elements that he was able to pull together in that scene uh, was just really cool. This is one of those rare movies that Proto posted to his IG stories. So Oof. I'm trying to like oh, triangulate yeah. a potential yeah. rating from Proto for movies that he's posted on his IG. I think mm. Tony Leong was the last one that was in there on his boat. <laughs> Hard boiled. <laughs> Remember that gif? You got some good mileage <laughs> yeah. out of that thing. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> I love that mind lock scene. I like um I like how it's also showing like the human error that still exists because that the female like operator should not have mind locked him while he was operating the machines. And oh, yeah. you see that she makes that mistake and I don't know. I really that is that is a great scene. It's a chaotic scene. Eric points out Homer Simpson is based on THX one one three eight. I mean, yeah, that was Homer's job for mm-hmm. at least in like the intro of the Simpsons. That whole intro is based off THX. Got his, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> there are some some pretty solid THX references in the Simpsons over the years for sure. Mm-hmm. Danny, number three. Uh, probably, probably. Um, my favorite part of this movie is the final chase scene with the cars and the tunnels. Um, I like, I'm a massive car nut, especially when it comes to movies. This Lola T70 modified for this movie is one of my favorite movie cars. It is absolutely gorgeous. And it's sitting next to that Ferrari. I mean, you could, I think that Ferrari was taken. If I remember correctly, it's it. The one in this movie is in the Ferrari Museum in wherever, Italy. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that whole chase scene is insane. All the shots of up close of Duval driving the car, yeah. the car overheating, the motorcycles chasing him. It is such a well-shot scene that I... It, it, it got me to the point where I was like, I can't believe people forget about this movie or really don't think of it when it comes up as talking about sci-fi because that mm-hmm. car scene like could you i feel like i've i've done years ago i would just google top 10 car scenes in movies and it's always gone in 60 seconds or fast and furious and the delorean and all this stuff but never is this scene talked about and it's so good the other um escapee crashing his car and that shot of the smoke are you kidding me yes <laughs> like incredible shot I made and a gif of that crash because I thought it was so funny. It is funny. <laughs> it's insane. For five seconds. <laughs> Not even it crashes it immediately. You straight into that pole. You see that red Ferrari? Oh my God. Anyway, I love this scene. It's it's incredible. I mean, that screenshot that Paul posted, I know he compared it to Blade Runner, but this is a f- 11 years ahead of Blade Runner. Right. Um, so, some of the shots in the chase scene, ignoring the CGI, if we're just talking about the original version, it's stunning. I feel mm-hmm. like no, outside visuals. of the CG shots of the car, they're doing 140 miles an hour down that tunnel. Mm. And the guy that does the stunt on the, um, on the bike went too far. Like he hits the car. If you, if you watch it, yeah, I mean, that's an actual stunt the guy's doing. It's insane. I mean, that's, it's incredible stuff. Yeah. My jaw was agape. Can Excuse a jaw me. be agape? My mouth was agape at that. It's a great, it was a great stunt great stunt uh, my number three 
Hmm. We're drifting into honorable mentions, but I do want to touch on the motion smoothing aspect of this. I thought my TV was like on the wrong setting a few times. I'm not sure if it's the way it was filmed on like, it looked like some scenes were filmed on videotape and maybe the frame rate changed or something, but I was like hitting my remote. I was like, I'm not on sports mode, am I? (laughs) Um, So I definitely noticed the thing that Proto mentioned about some of the CGI scenes. I guess I'll talk about the Buck Rogers aspect. Like I love that that clip is in the front and it might even be, I think it's in the front of the archive.org version too. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. clean, not super cleaned up. But oh, okay. I love that he puts that in there and you can kind of see the inspiration and how important Buck Rogers and things of that ilk are to George. And he keeps that in mind. And like, you see that, I think famously he tried to get the rights to Buck Rogers and couldn't. So he made Star Wars. I think that's like the paraphrase version maybe. Mm. <laughs> but I love that. I love that he keeps it true to himself. He puts it front and center. And here's here's what inspired me, and this is what it inspired me to make. I love that. People should do it more often. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty famously yeah. quoted on saying like he makes he's making movies for himself. He's not making them for anybody else. He's making his art for himself, and he's gonna do it however he wants to do it, and it, and it shows whether it's the right process or the wrong process. But I honestly, I respect it. I really do. Respect the hell out of it. Where would we be without George Lucas? I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you remember what I said about seeing Tom Cruise in that uh, like astronaut suit in Top Gun Maverick. God, I would love a, a like a Buck Rogers movie. Oh my oh. god, that aesthetic, like the Fear Agent, you know, got a backpack oh. on, astronaut suit. Come on. Will someone step up to the plate, please? I mean, there's that comic comic book that I think we've all read. Is it Starlight? Where that's like essentially Buck Rogers. It's like this guy gets transported to another dimension and it's like essentially Buck Rogers. He saves the day, becomes a hero to this universe, this planet, but he gets back to Earth and he lives another life for 30 years and he's older and then he's kind of like bored with his life. He wonders if maybe my life wasn't so great after all. And then someone from that dimension appears and they're like, we need you back. And he's back, Jack, you got to go back to the past. Samurai Jack. And he (laughs) goes back an older man an older Buck Rogers to see if he can save the day again. And Mm. it's an amazing comic book. Pretty sure it's starlight. Mike, um, Mark Miller, Goran Parlov. But uh, I, I think, Netflix might have gotten the rights to it and nothing has happened since, unfortunately. But it's a great idea for a movie. Come back, George. George, we need you. Oh my God, one final time. Can you imagine? Oh my. One last ride, George. George. (laughs) There it is. It is Starlight from Image Comics. Um, Proto, number three. Um, You know, we didn't really talk about the story that much. I think that's one of the reasons maybe I didn't dive into this because when I what I knew of the story, it felt very um, like brave new world um, kind of like that, that dystopian future, 1984 Fahrenheit four, five, one, maybe like I'm familiar enough with this story that it didn't really grab me. Um, So I think that's one of the reasons that I never really dove in and felt like I needed to watch it. But I was, I I think it, it, it is of like that ilk, right? This story set in the, you know, the future where humans controlled by 
drugs and and one guy stops taking his meds or whatever. Um, but there were so many elements in it that were just really compelling. And the way George approached those different ideas, the one I love so much, like when it happened, when he goes into the phone booth slash confessional with the robot uh, Jesus mm-hmm. on the wall with so that voice. Good. Oh my God. I was like, talk about a gape. My mouth was a gape uh, watching that. I just, I just love George's George's approach with all this different kind of stuff and just the way he envisioned this future and this 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 world. Um, I just found it so compelling. I've been acting very strange. I can't explain it. Yeah. I haven't been feeling very well myself. Yes, I understand. I don't know, maybe it's me. Yeah, it's fine. I needed some Panora last night. I feel as if something excellent odd were happening to me. Something uh, yes, I can't understand. Could you be more specific? So that scene I really loved, and like that whole spiel, like there is like Robert Duvall is like something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I need help, and he's like, you know, uh, trust the police and mm-hmm. be happy. <laughs> yeah. like, that voice was amazing. I like how it was like automated too, where he's still trying to talk and it talks over him. Like it's not yeah. even yes. listening to him. It's amazing. I Can love we get that a show. face deep of Om zero zero zero? But it's Proto's face in that <laughs> yes, scene. We can. I mean, it is an actual <laughs> painting. I forget the artist. Right. Well, doesn't Donald Pleasance uh, Sen walk into like the set at one yeah. point by accident? Yeah. For the robot Jesus here, and then he like <laughs> pile drives a nun or <laughs> like, whatever that was. The, the oh, monk yeah. trips and dies. <laughs> yeah, like, dies. they <laughs> fall on their butt and they're dead. <laughs> one shot. They only had enough film for one shot, and that was it. Danny, honorable mentions, final thoughts for THX one one three. Honorable mentions. Let me see. I love oh um this the jail the 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 like mm-hmm. white room jail prison where they could just walk as far as they could in it until you know you found an exit. I don't know why I love that scene, but it it looks incredible. Uh, I am of the cult of loving this film. I really do enjoy it. I think George for his first film was really cooking with gas. And I honestly, I hadn't really thought about it much until Proto's review, like where, like what, like the what if comic of George, like what if he didn't create Star Wars and he could have just kept making these movies and his vision. I mean, it's something that's crazy to think about because this film, uh, honestly, I I think it's great, and I'm I'm at five stars for it. Wow, five oh, stars! There it is. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, let me see if I missed anything. The WB logo. Kidding me right now? <laughs> Discovery, are you listening? <laughs> You want to get some brownie points? Just go back to that logo ASAP. Cripes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a new like redesign in the special edition, but it's in the OG too. Looks great. Great logo. Motorcycle audio is amazing. I I thought this visually was tremendous. 
and there's so many ideas in here that I agree. I would love to see George have drifted into, and maybe he had no desire to. Maybe the sci-fi thing was like, that's it. That's all I want to do. Um, there were the Star Wars Battle of the Wills, whatever the hell he called it, <laughs> early <Right>. on. <laughs> um, I'm at three stars for THX one one three eight. I dug it. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't love it, but I dug it. And the special edition is trash. Don't watch it. Watch the archive. <laughs> Oof. Pardon? I'm not a hater of the special edition. I think mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's necessary, but I can I think still appreciate it. Um, honorable mentions. Uh, some I read some reviews. Someone was blasting George for his uh the, his um his sex scene in this between THX Tex really? and um LUH. Um, I actually thought that was good though. I, I thought like those elements of trying to portray these characters and just this world that they're trapped in, and you know, here's here's Robert Duvall's character experiencing these feelings and these emotions for the first time, but like you're confined within this mm-hmm. space that is so bizarre. And just like, what does it even mean to be a human or like doing this work? It just, I, I wanted to know more about this world. And I think in that case, I think George succeeded. You know, if, if he has me wondering and believing in it and wanting more of it, mm. then like it was mission successful. Like I, you know, I believe that all of this and yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by all of this. I was blown away by, I think the, like the artistic vision in this, um, how real and grounded it felt, um, but just using, you know, practical real world stuff, especially when you go to something like Star Wars, where like, it seemed like every set is handcrafted mm. um, just to kind of use the environment and George being able to find these places. Um, so I, I had a great time. I'm at four stars for THX. Oh my God. I had the thought um, Ooh, while I was watching. I'm sweating. <laughs> that like oh this this might have made a great short film like when I was watching it that was like my entire vibe watching mm. it and you know the rest okay we have um, a VM let me see if I can pull it up here you can leave us an email voicemail voice memo uh, using the links at 70mmpod.com look at this 1 minute 29 from KK <laughs> well done Let's let's hear what this they is a have special to edition say. version. Hey all, it's KK. I am reaching out to do the unthinkable uh-huh. and defend George Lucas's decisions in Thank the you. director's cut of THX. I'm not defending all of them because, as I'm sure you know, the like the the rim dwellers or whatever the excuse me rat people at the end were uh they don't need to be defended that was a bad choice george uh also the 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 mm, the oh let it out pleasure vacuum question mark whatever you want to call it that also (laughs) is a debatable choice but uh what i would like to defend is the fact that in so many of the edits they are subtle and add a huge sense of scale to the overall mm-hmm. world. I'm specifically thinking about some of the edits that he made in the garage that you otherwise wouldn't notice, but when paired with the original cut, you can see that he essentially extends the field of vision. It gives the sense of a mega structure. Mega structure is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You can also see this in what was originally a close to the ground shot. You would see him extend it upwards and then draw back the roof. He did a lot of crazy things with editing that honestly makes it look 
so much more imposing. So I can't defend all of it, but I'll I'll defend George for what I can. That's all. Bye. Mm. Finally, someone steps up to defend George Lucas. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, that shot's still pretty cool. But there's there a few go. other shots that don't look very cool. The chimps, in particular. I think Van Helsing PS1 cutscene, <laughs> 2001. Both should have been cut out. <laughs> we didn't talk about the ending either. Climbing out of the hole, the shot at the sunset. Oh My yes, God. I yeah. love that. And the, the the music, the score at that mm-hmm. point, gorgeous Amazing. score. Imagine if he saw two suns. <laughs> George, why didn't you edit that God in? Damn it, Obvious George. homage to A New Hope episode <laughs> four. All right, that is the end of Lo-Fi Sci-Fi Month. We did it. It's very successful, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Very Good successful. Month. Yes, I agree. And next week, we we had to do something big, mm-hmm. something major. We had to look towards the two of the biggest stars in cinema to prepare us for October, for the month of Halloween. I've been workshopping a lot of names for Halloween. Have you? Yeah. You want to drop a couple? Um, maybe I'll save it for next week. I have I have four or five names in here that oh. I'm not I'm not really sold on, so I'm taking suggestions. <laughs> thing, don't worry, darling. We already know what the next episode is for live Damn listeners. So we're also preparing for December because we said we'll be covering Avatar. So streaming for the first time that I've ever seen it, we will be doing James Cameron, Jamie Lee Curtis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, True Lies, streaming on Hulu. That's our next episode next week. Mm-hmm. Pardo finally gets his wish to cover Arnold again. We have to go back. Arnie. <laughs> What was the last, was T2 the last Arnold we did or was Last Action Hero the last Arnie? Who can say? But there's always, like once a month, Proto would would say something. You know what? It'd be great if we did another Arnold. Wouldn't it be great? Here we are. Did we do a good one? (laughs) So next week, True Lies, uh, and we'll talk about our theme for October. Probably pretty easy to guess. But successful month for September. Next week, True Lies streaming on Hulu. Arnie, Jamie, Jimmy. Pardo, any closing thoughts this week? Yeah, this week I I did it again. I oh. started a, a sourdough starter. Um, no, it's it's not March 2020 all over again, <laughs> uh, making bread. But uh, I, I wanted to get into that. Jenna asked me, she was like, hey, can I get a loaf of bread? And I was like, well, I'm going to have to do some sourdough starter again. And I've never really had much success with this and that I never want to always do it because it's, it's a, a 10 day process to get it to mature before you can make some bread with it. So it's an investment, you know, you got to remember to feed it and, and, you know, cut it and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, as I was doing, I was thinking, you know, movies, movie watching is kind of like that. You know, you got to watch a lot of movies sometimes to mm. mature in your own understanding of who you are and what you even like in movies. Or how to appreciate movies. And I feel like I've come a long way in these past three years. I'm a different movie watcher now than who I was at the beginning of the show. And I think it's just, you know, it takes time. It takes a lot of movies. So if you're feeling down right now, maybe about watching movies, you had some stinkers, you're lost, Mm. you don't know what to watch next. Believe me, you'll get through it. Just keep powering through 
you know, those David Cronenbergs, you'll, you'll, you'll find, you'll, you'll find greener grass. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week for True Lies. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pert Alexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Oh.